Hey, hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, it's January, second Sunday in January already. And I uh, just want to welcome you. Glad you're here with us today. Uh, I hope everything's going well as this new year uh, begins to unfold. A lot of things going on uh, here at our church and uh, things happening all around the world. Uh, this, um, <clears throat> most everybody saw uh, what happened Monday night in the Bills-Bengals game. Crazy, crazy uh, event that took place with uh, DeMar Hamlin. And, uh, and, and since then, uh, up until this moment, things have been um, progressing, it seems, really well. And a uh, lot of people praying for this young man. A lot, of, uh, a lot of just vocal, like people are more vocal than I've ever seen them be about their faith and about prayer. If you're on any kind of social media, you see it everywhere. People praying. Um, and it's so, it's so interesting that when, when things get desperate, uh, people still know to turn to God. And that is hopeful. Uh, it would be nice if we turn to God more often and like every day and we lived our lives that way. But um, it, it is, uh, there's a glimmer of hope to know that when things get really bad, people do know the core of who they are, that the God of all creation is still there. And he is the one that we have to turn to when there's no one else to turn to. Um, so I think that's, that's hopeful for the nation. 2023 is here. And um, our encouragement, my encouragement to all of us is dream big. Dream big. That's what we're talking about for the next few weeks. God is going to speak to our hearts. I pray to God that he will speak to your heart during this series. And that, that as this year begins and the rest of our life continues from here on forward, that the Lord will do some really amazing things amazing things in your life. This is my shirt. I'm going to forgot to mention this. Uh, Bruno and Leo uh, designed this shirt. It is one in a gazillion. There is none other like it. And I love it. My favorite shirt. And uh, thank you, Bruno. Thank you, Leo, for the, the, the Christmas gift. Go buff. Um, God's doing amazing things. Uh, today, our, our focus, uh, what I want to focus our attention on when it comes to dreams, last week we talked about the passage in Acts 2 where um, Peter preaches that first sermon and he says, uh, the prophet Joel said in the last days, God would pour out a spirit. Young men would, would uh, see visions and old men would dream dreams. And we're talking about dreaming big. And so today what I want to kind of focus our attention on is the who of dreams. Like who who receives these dreams? How like has God spoken to people in dreams and who does he speak to? Um, and I want to look at a really neat example of how God uses dreams to guide his people. Right off the bat, you would think that God gives dreams to his followers, like to the faithful, to those who are seeking him, to those who are calling on his name. I mean, right off the bat, that's what we would think. But I want to take a look at a passage of scripture, a little section of scripture, uh, a slice out of the life of uh, one of the Old Testament characters, and then just share some thoughts 
and um, kind of wrap it up. So in Genesis chapter 41, if, if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 41, God gives dreams, several, to Pharaoh. Pharaoh. God of all creation gives dreams to Pharaoh. Pharaoh is the ruler of Egypt. There, are, there were many pharaohs uh, in the day. In fact, in ancient times, a time of like Moses and Joseph and those people, the Israelites coming in and out of Egypt, there were maybe a dozen different pharaohs, some male, some female, but most all of them ungodly uh, people, not good people at all. And the, the pharaoh during uh, the time of Moses and Joseph in Egypt was Ramses. Ramses, kind of a familiar pharaoh that most of us have heard about. He was considered, he was considered a god on the earth, pharaoh. They wore these, these very like um, prominent uh, headpieces and gold and silver, and he walked around as if he was a god. And they treated him as if he was a god back in the day. All-powerful over everything related to his own kingdom, the kingdom of Egypt, which was a big territory. Not the Antichrist, necessarily. Uh, we wouldn't consider Pharaoh to be the Antichrist, but definitely not a fan of God's. Not a fan at all. In fact, we could probably call Pharaoh one of the one of the antichrists, like of many antichrists, people who are, who are anti-God or anti-Christ, he, he was. Um, Pharaoh promoted all kinds of like godlessness, idols, altars, um, gods, and goddesses. And, and he let people worship all kinds of things in his kingdom. When God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, the first two commandments, number one says this, you shall have no other gods before me. And number two says, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything on the earth or in heaven or anything. And so right off the bat, Pharaoh breaks those two. And along with those two, he breaks pretty much all 10 commandments uh, as time uh, goes on. He destroyed them all. Back in the time of Pharaoh, when we think of Egypt, when we think of Pharaoh, we think about Moses. Moses came along uh, later during the time of Pharaoh, and he came uh, into the situation to get the people out of Israel, to, 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 to rele release the Hebrew children, God's children, from Egypt, right? Because Joseph, Joseph, uh, he is responsible uh, for bringing the children to Egypt. Through Joseph, the children came into Egypt because of the famine in the land and then became slaves in Egypt. And it was Moses who later, after Joseph, brings them out of, of uh, Egypt. And so Moses leads them out later, but before Moses was Joseph. Joseph. And he's the one we want to focus our time on. God, so in the time of Joseph, God reveals dreams to Pharaoh. He, he reveals these dreams to Pharaoh about what he's going to do 
or what's coming up. He gives Pharaoh these dreams about some events that are going to happen over the next 14 years of his life. And God gives Pharaoh these dreams. And Pharaoh, remember, is a godless ruler of Egypt, promoting all kinds of wickedness and all kinds of idolatry. An Egyptian ruler on the earth, right? A powerful man on the earth, but a pawn in the hands of God. And so as we think about and we look at these, this scripture in Genesis 39, 40, and 41 is where we're going to be. If you have your Bibles, just go back to that section of scripture. As we kind of go through this, just keep in mind how God works in the bigger picture through this situation. What, we, what we're going to see is there's two people, two people that are going to be used by God primarily in this event. One person is going to be used by God in faith, and the other person is going to use, be used by God in ignorance. Keep that in mind. There's always the head, and there's always the tail, right? There's always the one who is in on what is going on, and aware of it, and part of making it happen. And then there always seems to be people who look around and say, what happened? See, they're the ones who have no clue of what's going on. They're just following maybe from a distance. Or they're just going to be used by God in spite of their own abilities. In spite of their own understanding or wisdom or any of that. God's just going to use them because they're just there. And he's going to use them like a pawn, like he did for Pharaoh. God gave the dreams to Pharaoh, but to, to Joseph, God gave wisdom. Okay, think about that. The dream of God, the dreams came through Pharaoh, this godless man. But wisdom... The wisdom of the dreams and what they're about came through Joseph. So this tells us to be very careful what we're praying about. We need to be careful what we're asking God for. As we think about dreaming big, we need to be very cautious as we go there. We should not like flippantly seek for God to give us a dream. We should seek to be used by God together with God in his dream for his people and for his mission. That's what we are praying for. God, use me. Help me to, to dream big for you as I walk together with you, God. I don't want to just go out here and do my own thing. I don't want to be used by God in some foolish way as a pawn. I want to be used by God for what God is doing. God, open my eyes to what you are doing. Help me to find my place. So here's the thing. When it comes to dreams from God, Pharaoh had the dreams but he had no understanding whatsoever, zero understanding. He was completely oblivious to what was going on. And all of Pharaoh's horses and all of his horsemen were clueless as well. I'm giving you bits and pieces of the story, but we're going to kind of get into it here in a minute. So here's something that we're, we're going to learn about dreams Here's what we learn about dreams. God can and God will use anyone 
anytime, anywhere, when he is good and ready. That's the truth about dreams. That's the truth about the story of God. He will do it when he wants to, in his timing, how he wants to, with whoever he wants to. And the beauty of, of being a believer is that we're seeking to be a part of this, a part of what God is doing anywhere, everywhere, and with whoever and whatever time he wants. We want to be a part of this with him. And so we want to dream big so that we can be a part of what he's doing. He will show us our place in it all. We won't just be a pawn on the board being used by God. We will be a part of making things happen together with God. There's a huge difference there. In Genesis chapter 39, if you're kind of there in your Bible, Joseph he rises to leadership in the home of a man by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar. Remember Potiphar? Potiphar is one of Pharaoh's captains of the guard. He's a big deal. He's a popular guy. He's rich. He's over a lot of people. Probably has his own little palace somewhere outside of Pharaoh's palace. And, and he's the one who bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites, who bought Joseph from the hole in the ground, way over there in Judea, from his brothers. Joseph's brothers sells Joseph to the Ishmaelites. Ishmaelites come to Egypt, and they sell Joseph to Potiphar. And so over time, Joseph begins to prosper. He gets noticed by Potiphar as being an upstanding young man, a godly man, a brave man, a courage man, a, a man of courage. And, and a godly man. And so he naturally just rises to leadership and he gets the attention of Potiphar. And Potiphar puts him in charge of, of everything in his household, his entire household, not long after he's sold to slavery in Egypt. And it says in chapter 39, verse 7, if you got your Bibles, it says this, Joseph is well built and handsome. That's how it's described. The Bible describes Joseph as being a really good looking guy and a strong guy and a guy that you, you see a group of people and you go, one stands out, that's Joseph. He's the guy, he's the leader, he's the, he's the healthy one. He's the one who just looks like he's gonna get things done and he's going places, that kind of guy. Well, Potiphar has a wife and his wife takes notice of Joseph and now his wife, Potiphar's wife, Joseph is over everything in the kingdom. Now Potiphar's wife is going to go after Joseph and she wants him to sleep with her. And she keeps coming after him and he keeps saying no. And she keeps coming after him and he keeps saying no. And then finally they end up in a, in a room together and, she, and he, she grabs his jacket, his cloak, and he says no. And he runs out of the room and he leaves his cloak behind. And so she makes up this lie about how he came onto her. And so Potiphar is not happy with Joseph because obviously he's gonna believe his wife and she's a liar. And so Joseph now is thrown in prison and he's gonna spend some time in a prison cell. Sad, sad thing. Chapter 40 of Genesis, we, what we're, we're seeing in, jo in Joseph is he goes from rags, the 
rags and, he, and sold into slavery to riches and then back to rags again. Now he's back in prison and that's kind of where he's going to spend some time in prison. And lo and behold, what's going to happen is Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker are going to offend Pharaoh. Obviously one, you're going to see one more than the other, but they both offend Pharaoh and Pharaoh throws them in prison and they're in there now with Joseph and probably other people. Boom. Well, one day the cupbearer and the baker, they have a dream from God. Oh, so God gives these two godless men dreams and they don't, they wake up and they don't know, they, they have these dreams on the same night. They don't know what to do with these dreams. They don't know what they mean. And so they're talking to Joseph and Joseph interprets their dreams for them in a prison cell opportunity arises and he interprets their dream the cupbearer he his dream ends in a beautiful way he's going to be restored everything's going to be awesome he's going to go back to his position the baker not so good not good things are going to happen to him when he gets out but joseph says this primarily to the cup baker don't forget me when you get released and it's going to happen don't forget me here in prison. And so what happens is three days later, if you're looking at that chapter, Pharaoh has a birthday. And so on Pharaoh's birthday, he's going to like make a big stink and a big shindig and how powerful he is. And he's going to have the cupbearer and the baker released from prison. And so he releases them from prison and to the cupbearer, he restores him to his, his uh, former place of being the cupbearer for Pharaoh, but the baker he has impaled on a stick with a spear through his torso and through his body and hung up for everyone to see. He is impaled and dead. Just like Joseph had said. If you look at the text, if you read this scripture, you'll see exactly how Joseph interpreted the dreams in prison is exactly how they happened three days later when both of those two got out of prison. And at the end of chapter 40, here's what it says. The Bible says, the cup bearer forgot about Joseph. Joseph says, don't forget me guys when you're out. And when they get out and they're restored to his uh, position, he totally forgets about Joseph. And that's a sad thing because we come to chapter 41, 41, and we're going to read some text here in 41. And this is what it says. When two full years had passed, Joseph is in that prison cell for, for lies made up by Potiphar's wife for two more years, however long he was then, two full years go by. Two full years had passed, and then, then it was time. Now that, that's a, a bit discouraging, think about that. If you were thrown into prison for something you didn't do, and you're, you're in this dungeon, this is not like, like the prisons today. Like I, I've been to a prison in uh, Mexico, and it is a barbaric. And the prison cells that we have today, I've been in prisons here in 
uh, the United States as well. Uh, not because I was charged with anything, but I substitute Todd in the prison. My brother Frank, uh, he worked in the prison, Attica, New York. These people have it pretty good. Heat, electricity, air conditioning, windows, food, meals, basketball courts, weightlifting rooms. I mean, you know, other than the possible danger of getting beat up or mugged, which, you know, could happen on the streets anywhere around here too these days. Um, people today in prisons have it pretty good, but not so back then. Back then, the prisons were not good. They were like dungy. They were down underground. They were dark. They were wet. You didn't get much. They just threw anything at you once in a while on the floor and you ate it off the floor. It was not good. And for two years, Joseph is thrown into prison for something he didn't do. And it could have been very discouraging. It could have broke him. It could have crushed him. It could have tore him up. But after two years, Pharaoh had a dream that he was standing by the Nile. So Pharaoh's out there and he has this dream. He's living the high life, you know, the cupbearer's in place for two years and totally forgot about Joseph in prison. And he has this dream and out of the river, he's standing by the Nile River and out of the river comes seven cows. And these cows are looking good. They are good looking cows. They're fat cows. They're beautiful cows. They're like Mm, let's have a feast and cut one of these dudes open. But then there are seven other cows that come up out of the river, or they're standing by the river, and they are ugly and they are gaunt. Means they're just skinny and they're just not healthy cows. And what happens is the ugly ones eat up the seven good ones. And Pharaoh wakes up. Oh, what was that about? goes back to sleep and he has another dream. God gives Pharaoh another dream. And in this dream, he, he sees seven heads of grain. Beautiful grain, healthy grain, good grain. Like you drive by a cotton field or a corn field or a wheat field and you see this grain and it looks just green and it looks great. That's, that's a seven heads of grain. Seven is a key word. Healthy and good. And then seven other heads he sees in his dream that are thin and scorched and they're dying and they don't look good at all. And those come and they swallow up the good, healthy ones. And Pharaoh wakes up again. Whoa, what does this mean? And in the morning, he is, he's deeply troubled. He has had these dreams. He's probably never had this kind of thing happen before. And he doesn't know what this means. But he knows it means something. And so he calls in all of his magi and all of the wise men in his little kingdom. And he asks, tells them his dream. And none of them can interpret the dream. None of them know what this means. None of them. And then chapter 41, verse 9. Come on, work with me here. Stay with me. Stay with me here. This is going to get good. Okay, this is getting good already, I think. Then, two years later, dreamed, nobody can interpret. Then the chief cup bearer says to Pharaoh, oh man, Pharaoh, you know what? This, this whole thing reminds me of somebody. And he says, today, today, I'm reminded of my shortcomings, Pharaoh. I'm so sorry. Pharaoh, you were once angry with your servants and you imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. 
Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Verse 12. Now, there's a young man, there was a young Hebrew man there uh, with us, a servant of the captain guard, and we told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. Verse 13. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man, Pharaoh, you impaled him on a stick. And so Pharaoh sent for Joseph, that little Hebrew boy, and he was quickly brought from the dungeon, describes that prison, when he had shaved and changed his clothes, they brought him before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream, and no one can interpret it, but I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. And then I love verse 16. I posted this passage this week, just this verse last week. Joseph says, I cannot do it. I cannot do this. I can't do it. But God, God will give Pharaoh the answer that he desires. And so Pharaoh tells Joseph his dream in the verses that follow. Joseph says that the dreams are one in the same. They both mean the cows and the, the wheat or the, the heads of wheat. They are one in the same. There's going to be for you, Pharaoh, seven years of plenty and blessing, and God's going to bless the crops. And then that's going to be followed, Pharaoh, by seven years of, of famine and, and scorching heat and bad years for crops to grow. And so Joseph lays out this plan for Pharaoh and to prepare for this. And Pharaoh, Pharaoh is like super, super impressed with this kid, Joseph, this little Hebrew dude who's been sitting in a prison for over two years. And so in verse 33 in Genesis 41, if you're there with me, it says this, and now let Pharaoh look for a discerning wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. This is Joseph's plan. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food for these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept for the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of the famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. This plan, good plan, right? It's pretty good. The plan seemed pretty good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. And so Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God? That's cool. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you, little Joe. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Man, what a story. 
This life of Joseph is a roller coaster ride, man. He's all over the place, right? He's all over the place, this kid Joseph. I mean, he's gone from high to low in short periods of time. As a boy, Joseph is his dad's favorite, right? He had the cool coat, his dad's favorite, like, like six boys in our family. And Steve, you know, Steve is the favorite because he was the baby. Uh, and, you know, Steve got everything that he ever wanted. Right, Steve? Okay, maybe not. Um, but Joseph is, uh, <laughs> Joseph is the favorite of all the boys in the family. And there's a bunch of them, right? But they don't like Joseph. And so he's tossed in a hole in the ground out in the wilderness. And they tell dad that he's dead. He got attacked by an animal. And they sell Joseph to the Ishmaelite who's passing through. They sell their brother into slavery in Egypt. That's crazy. What could possibly, what good could possibly come of this? This is evil. This is wicked. This is wrong. And yet God, God has a plan. God has a plan. None of these people know it, but God has a plan. He's kept in prison, right? He's kept in prison for a period of time and then for two more years. What possible opportunity could come his way in a dungy, smelly, nasty, dark prison cell? Well, here's what could come his way. A cupbearer and a baker. That's who could come his way. Two guys who happen to offend Pharaoh are tossed in that prison. What could possibly come of being thrown in prison? For me and you, we would be devastated. We would say, God, why me? God, where are you? God, why did you let this happen? God, God, we'd be all up in God's grill. But not Joseph. Joseph kept his chin up and he kept looking for an opportunity because he was beginning to figure out, I think, in his own life that God had a plan. God had a plan. And so there's Joseph and his God-given ability to interpret dreams, dreams, no less, from godless people. People who were not honoring God with their life, people who weren't following the Lord, they weren't following the ways of God and the truths of God and the commandments and the, uh, the, you know, all the prophets and the law. They weren't following any of that. They didn't care. God had a plan. See, God uses dreams to lift Joseph from the walls of a prison to the halls of the palace. And he does it more than once in the life of this kid, Joseph. And see, that's Joseph's story and how dreams fit in, how God is able to use dreams to direct his people. That is Joseph's story. And believe it or not, this is your story and this is my story too. Anytime, anywhere, anyone, God is looking for somebody, somebody willing to dream big with him, willing to dream big with God, right? Why not you? Why not me? Why not us? 
How about we decide that we're going to just dream big for God and just see where it goes. Just see what God can do. See, to dream or not to dream? That's the question, right? Should we dream or should we not dream? Should we just go about our day and just maintain the ship of life? Or should we say, you know what, I want more. I want to look back one day and I want to say, man, what a ride. I don't want to just look back and say, oh, that was nice. I want to look back and say, man, that was insane. What a ride of my life through hills and valleys and highs and lows and great times and sad times and all of it. I, was, I just walked with God through it all. And he took me places I would never have gone if I didn't just hang on to him with everything in me. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Trust the word of the Lord and trust the spirit of God that is living in your life. Be obedient to the clear things of God, the word of God. As you read the word of God, when it says don't do these things, don't do them. When it says do these things, do these things. And if we will honor God in the simple truths of God, he will do something even greater in your life. And know, know this, really truly know this, that the sky, the sky really is the limit with God. God wants to do amazingly big things in your life. Last passage of scripture. Ephesians 3, Paul says this, Now to God, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. To him, to him who is able to do more than you could ever imagine or think or ask. God wants to do something huge in your life. Dream big. Dream big. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us. Speak to our hearts, Father. Help us to seek you, to walk with you, God, to be used by you for the good, for, for what you're doing, that, that we would be a part of what you're doing and not just a pawn along the way. God, help us to follow you with everything in us. We love you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Keep praying. Have a good week.